Start. I want one oitcha. I need a varma oitcha. Oh. 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 Oh.
And it's a place of words, a place of concepts. So the Dvar Hashem matters, is studied. Every nuance in the Dvar Hashem matters. And as such, the yeshiva has been a place of many spoken words. And we have like a Hall of Fame list of great shiurim, of great speeches that really impacted us. All different bachim, some of the best speeches ever in the yeshiva, different rebbeim. It's a place of the Dvar Hashem, the spoken word. The word of Hashem is important here. It is spoken about here. It is contemplated here. I feel like we were Zaycha. We had we had an incident in the yeshiva. It now joins. We have Avi Fishoff officially now. He's invited here any day, any year. He's officially now in the Hall of Fame list of the yeshiva of the real epic moments of the yeshiva. That man belongs. And the lesson he taught every guy here, the kiddush shemaim is naira. I hope not a guy here ever forgets any day of your the rest of your life. You don't forget what went down. That a man publicly apologize, it is murder to apologize, murder. I once was refing a football game, and I got mad at a bacher, I'm going to explain to you, I got mad at a bacher during the game, and I said something not nice in front of a lot of people. Afterwards, I apologized to him privately, and then I said, Kalish, you farce. You embarrass him in public and you apologize privately? For Rebbe embarrassed the guy in the shear. And then later on, so I'm so sorry that I did that. That doesn't restore his honor. Your obligation. You did damage. You took away his honor in public. And by the way, it doesn't even help just to apologize in public. Because you say, I'm sorry in public, in a way you disgrace him again. You have to restore his honor in public. So I spoke in front of the yeshiva to apologize to the guy because I embarrassed him in public. But I also was going to restore his honor and speak about him and speak about his milus. And when I, the first time I got up to apologize in public, I couldn't do it. I ended up talking about something else. It took a second time. The first, you, it is murder to apologize. Nobody likes saying, I was wrong. We come with excuses and, 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 and ways of, of saying it. To say, I was wrong. I'm sorry I was wrong. That that Chashva Yid, the lesson he taught every single one of us, that he went on the Waterbury Shear chat, and said he asked Mechila for something that he did during his speech, with no buts, with no like rash. He says, I was wrong. And he asked Mechila, tremendous Kiddush Strong people ask Mechila, secure people. It says a world about who that man is. He can come any day, any time here. A man who in public can get up and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, is always welcome here. Those, I don't know him very much. And I know he's helping Gidden and Klal Yisrael, and I didn't know much about him. Now I understand how he helped so many Yidden and Klal Yisrael. Any person who's secure enough, who's manly enough, who's true enough to say, I'm sorry, that's a guy who can help other people. You know, Klai Yisrael has kings. We have Melachim, kings, people who lead us. The most important attribute of a king, in my humble opinion, the most important attribute of a king is that he apologizes, and I'll show you is that a king says, my bad, I was wrong. Only a man is secure enough to say I was wrong, powerful enough to say I was wrong, could be a Melech Yisrael, it takes power. People think power is to not yield, to never bend, to never say, that's strong, that's fake strength. A fake, strong person is always tough. Anybody who studies people knows that Mr. Tough Guy is like a mushball. 
The guy who's tough and never bending, he's mush. There's an insecurity that he's covering over. Why is he being so tough, so rough? The guy who never admits is not tough and rough at all. Not even a little bit. The reason he never bends is because under all that bravado is a very insecure, weak person. A true tough a true leader, a true powerful man is deeply powerful inside that he's not afraid of showing weakness. The fake tough guy can't show any weakness. The fake tough guy, because he is weak, and he's afraid the weakness within will be exposed. The true strong person is not afraid of vulnerability. He's not afraid of weakness because he's really strong. I'll show you a few places that a king... Who is the first king of Klal Yisrael? Who, does, who belongs Malucha, Rabbi say? To who? Which, which Shevet? Yehuda. La Yasser Shevet me Yehuda. The Shevet means the rod of leadership will never leave Yehuda. What is Yehuda's midah? What does the name Yehuda mean besides to thank? To admit. Because Yehuda said, Tzadka Mimeni. He admitted that it was from him. He admitted by Tamar to his wrongdoing. So the, the kayak of a leader, of a melech, is the kayak to admit. Shola melech lost the kingship. Why? Because when he was accused of sin, he denied it. David Melech also did a sin, quote-unquote, but he kept the malucha. Why? Because he right away admitted it. David Melech said, Chatasi, and Shola melech didn't admit it. So, though so far we have three places that a king, the power of a king is to admit. The fourth place, it says, Asher Nasi Yechda. It says, when a Nasi will sin, and it says a carbon a leader should bring. But it doesn't say, Asher, it doesn't say in. If a Nasi sings, sins, he brings a carbon. It says, when the Nasi sins. Asher. Chazal say, who said a leader will sin? Says Chazal, Ashrei Adar. That word Asher means fortunate. Lucky is the generation whose leaders admit to their wrongdoings, to their shaygig. Fortune is a generation whose leaders admit. You're only a good leader if you admit. Right? Kestenbaum begs parents to once in a while, when they're wrong, to say, look, kid, I was wrong. Parents say, I can't do that, you know. I'm supposed to lead my family. You show your strength when you admit. Any position in any leadership is only truly strong when he gets up and he's not afraid of vulnerability because he's deeply strong. He's not a coward. He doesn't have to have a pretend toughness. He is tough. A person of a real inner strength says, I was wrong. No buts. To admit you're wrong is massively important to accomplish real things. In this world, you have to be man enough to say, I made a mistake. If you're that person who can never say, I was wrong, I don't know if you've ever had this. I had a chavrusa, my best chavrusa I ever had. A chavrusa shaf, Rabbi say, this is sophisticated chavrusa shaf. You guys, you guys are starting your journeys as b'nai toyer, as masmidim. At first, when you learn with the chavrusa shaft, you don't even know what you're supposed to do. And you both basically try to figure out the Gemara together. I want to describe how a sophisticated chavrusa shaft is supposed to go. You're both supposed to learn a piece of anything. Gemara, chomish, musr, any area of Torah, and you both have a perspective of the piece you learned. And then a sophisticated discussion ensues. Why, do we, why did we see it different? And each of you respecting the other's opinion, but not yielding so fast to the way you saw it. I see it different than you. My father's best chavrusi he ever had, he said they hated each other. 
they had a personal dislike. They disliked each other because they saw life differently. And they were a great chavrusa. My best chavrusa I love. He's my best friend in the world. We learned for six years together. And my chavrusa was the best chavrusa I ever had because we don't see anything alike in a real way. In just the, our personalities, we're watching a ball game. He's not a sports fan. But if he would be, we don't see, we don't observe life the same way. And we have debates that we don't force. You can't force, you don't argue with your chavrusa for the sake of arguing. It doesn't work that way. The serious discussion of two people who have two perspectives in a sophisticated way to converse, that's a chavrusa shot. That's a real chavrusa shot. And you discuss it, each of you with your own opinions. And that's a sophisticated chavrusa where great things happen when you do that. You end up becoming so much smarter when you chap what your chavrusa saw and you're like, oh my goodness. And then he chaps what you saw, you both become like doubly smart. That's like a healthy, vibrant chavrusa shaft. I can't believe you saw that. I read the same words as you. You have to work hard. Each of you sit in front of the Gemara, read the words, and then you learn what he saw. I can't believe you saw that in those same words I saw. And you like analyze what he saw, what you saw, and that's sophisticated discussion. You could do this in Musr, you could do this in Chumash, you could do this in Avais, in any area. A sophisticated conversation between two thinkers who each have a right to a perspective, that's a healthy vibe in Chavrusashaf. And that, that's how learning together works. It is a tremendously rewarding process. My Chavrusa for six years, we would kill each other. We don't see things alike, and it was like maddening the way he would say it. Rabbi Yochanan had a Chavrusa named Reish Lakish. When Reish Lakish died, Rabbi Yochanan went crazy, because he missed his Chavrusa. So he went crazy, and that was a little ridiculous. He had one Vigdoli Adar, who was Meshuggah. So they got him a new Chavrusa, and it didn't help. They said, Rabbi Yochan, we got you a new Chavrusa. He said, Reish used to argue on me. The new Chavrusa agrees to me and brings proofs to what I'm saying. He was crazy. They died and they should die, and we lost Rabbi Yochanan. I always wondered, why couldn't they get a guy to argue? Pay me, I'll argue with him. But the answer is, it doesn't help a forced argument. It meant Reish was the perfect counter. When you look for a Chavrusa, you find... I would learn all day, every day with Baruch Shuster. That's a person. I had time. I love whenever in Shia we're talking. I mean this. Whenever in Shia we're talking, he'll like pipe up with something. And I like turn. I'm like, what? He has like an angle. It's like a lefty's view. He has like an angle on, on every sugi. I'm like, did you just say that? Even his little jokes and cheer, I'm happy he sits near me, I listen in. His view of things, you need somebody for a chavrusa who has a different view than yourself. And then together, not forced, if you're forcing fights, it doesn't work. But you get a guy who just tends to see things different. They have a very like unique view of things compared to you. Now you could do it with anybody if you just you each be loyal. If a guy doesn't have his own opinions, he's a terrible chavrusa. There's no dynamic, there's no vibrancy to the Chabrusa shop. He just, oh yeah, yeah, could be, oh, maybe. That's not, Rev, Rev um, the great, the great um, speaker, the great Magid, Rev Shalom Shvadran, went to Yeshiva and he heard two guys talking and learning. He had a speech prepared and he walked into Yeshiva and a guy said to our leading back, said, why not? It was in England. He said, why not? Rev Shalom went crazy. He said, from a why not, blightmen are garnished. From a why not, you become a nothing. There was no vibe. Why not? 
That's not how you learn. Why not? Why yes? You have an opinion. You have to think one way. I love, you ever saw Shloyme Zalman and Akiva have a discussion? That's how a Chavrusa Shaf is supposed to go. It's not why not. What, <laughs> what do you hold? How do you see things? Only if you're strong enough to have an opinion and to really decide what do you feel on the matter. If you have no opinion, what my Rebbe said, that's nothing. You have no Chavrusa, you have no dynamic. That's not a real Chavrusa Shaf. When you have your Shir and Avais, you have to train each guy. What do you think about the Mishnah? And the guy has to have a, I don't know, whatever. What do you think about me? What does it say to you? Based on, and if you have nothing to say to it, you're jipping us all out of your life experiences. What do words like this mean to a guy who went through the life you went through? The guy says all of a sudden, yeah, but, well, I, I didn't see those words that way. Oh, okay, there's a discussion now. We read the exact same words. You saw it this way. Now is when learning starts. And everybody's dazzled by what that guy saw, but I saw something different. We discuss it. That's that's a that's a sophisticated chavrusashaft. So my Chavrus and I, for years, we see things different. We would kill each other. I can't describe the fights. We were yelling, throwing things at each other. It's maddening, by the way, when you care about the truth and you're trying to feel we weren't arguing to argue. We were trying to like get on the same page, my best friend, but he had such an interesting view, like his way he saw what, a, what we were working through a cash on a rush, but his answer was like absurd. And to him what I would say was ridiculous. Now I tend to be, the world would call a little more out of the box, he tends to be more in the box, we just see things very different. The reality is that we'd fight over it. Once in a while you're in a massive war and you're screaming at each other for two hours, really trying to like clarify what he's, what are you saying? And it's not just, oh my gosh, I'm amazed at what you're saying. I'm not amazed at what you're saying. I, I don't agree with you. I don't, what are you talking about? And trying to convince him what I'm saying. Because I want him to see what I'm saying. And you're fighting for two hours. I am trying to get him to see what I am seeing. He's trying to get me to see what he's seeing. And we're trying to get on the same page. And we can't. Once in a blue moon, after two hours of fighting, you realize that he's right. Now you've already called him every name in the books. It's very personal. I don't say you should call the guy names, but you fought hard and it's personal and you fight a lot and it's important to win. I'm a competitive guy. I don't want him to be right. Now sometimes you're both right and a good thing emerges. There was Sometimes you just realize you were wrong. You were based on a word that you read wrong. There was something he said you missed, but you've been yelling for two hours and you have a certain admission. It is the hard thing on the planet to say I was, and this to my friend, to a guy we learn every day and sometimes I'm right but it is murder to say after two hours you're right you, you invested two hours, you're blue in the face, you've been, you've been really mad at him and you have realization, what you tend to do is you try to like shift your sheet to into his and like all of a sudden you were saying the same thing but it wasn't true, you weren't but you could lie and sort of you want the truth to come out but you also don't want to admit that's the simplest answer you like you rework what you were saying and all of a sudden you're both saying the same thing if he's a nice guy he like goes with it like it's like a wink wink you both know you're a freaking liar and you've been wrong but okay you know what as long as we got shot so if the guys at Sadiq will let you get away with that and all of a sudden like you're both on the same team even though you were arguing with him if he's a nasty guy he'll say eh eh 
Uh, buddy, you were saying for two hours, and then you'll start fighting for two hours. What you said does that's a waste. That's no longer about the truth. That's just a complete ego machlaikis then. You're arguing what you were saying. You both know the truth now. That is complete ego. You just mevatal tire for two more hours. The first two hours were tire itself. The next two hours are complete vatala. It's better you talk about the Mets. The next two hours are spent. What did you really say originally? Did you switch your opinion? That's that's what happens when ego gets involved. But the man can get up after two hours of machlaikas. I'll be honest. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. It's hard to do, and I'm not. It sounds easy. Like now, we're not in the moment, and you're not fighting. It is murder to do to say to a guy you were debating. Say, I thought about. You're right. It's murder to admit in a real way and say, you're right, I was wrong, I made a mistake. But real men, strong people can say, can apologize. Strong people say, I made a mistake. It is extremely hard, really hard, to stand up to, to post, for a man to post on the Waterbury chat, in front of a few hundred people, I made a mistake. It sounds, it's very, very hard. It's like humbling. It's like, what do you mean? You made him, and it's so powerful. It's so precious. I love this man. The kid is Shemayim, this Ray Fishhawk made. I want, I didn't, I didn't tell, I didn't speak. I just saw it last, I believe I saw it last night. Yesterday, I want to call him, text him, tweet him, everything to thank him for the kid of Shemayim he made. That a person got up and said I was wrong is a lesson for every single person here. And it's something all our lives, you're married one day, you're not a leader if you can't admit your mistake because you're weak. One day a man is supposed to be the man of his house. It means you can apologize to your wife and say, I was wrong, I was wrong. And a man, more than a lady needs it, because a man's supposed to run the home. And don't tell me you run the home if you can't say to your wife, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I acted like a jerk, and I was, no buts. It's easy, if you, you could say you're wrong with all the verchaps. Yeah, well, you see, stop, you see, I was wrong. Look in the eye, I was wrong, I owe you mechila, I acted wrong. No buts, no excuses, no, no amaslas, no well, you see, I was wrong. A person, a father to a children, you can say you're wrong to your kids. You're allowed to say, now you're a lad, or you better say, you're not a leader to your children. You're not a powerful leader if you can't say, I was wrong. I was in a bad mood and I acted inappropriately. Now you're a leader. Now you're worthy of following to the end of the, if you can get up, look people in the face, say, I was wrong, you're a leader. Because you're a powerful person, you're not insecure. You're secure in your strength, your strength is deep. It's not superficial strength, cover it up strength. Everybody knows, there are many things like this. When people are very braggy, everybody knows it's low esteem. Everybody knows the Balgaiva struggles from low esteem. If you feel strong, you don't feel the need to tell everybody how strong you are. It's the not feeling of strength that you need to tell everybody how strong you are. That person who can look people in the face, I was wrong, I'm like so moved by it. It's a kid to Shemayim. It becomes instantly, he just joined the Hall of Fame. He just joined the list. Okay, we're going to have the word pantheon. What does the word pantheon mean? Okay. Cell phones. What? What did you say? Tribe, you said? Your tribe, you said? Good trip. Shimmy, wow. Did everybody meet Shimmy Sofer? If you please get the word pantheon. 
thorough investigation to how he knew that word. <laughs> Who said he knew that word? <laughs> well, so, I, I didn't see. Look at Pam. Pam. Oh, you ready? Look, can you pass it? I want to spell it for the guys. Pantheon is here. The word Pantheon means, everybody get the word. It's spelled P-A-N-T, Pant, H-E-O-N, Pantheon. And it means the bottom, a group of particularly respected, famous, or important people. A pantheon is like a very prestigious group of people. To, like in, in all sports, you have like the notable people, the pantheon of that of that sport are like the, the notable players. So you have the best quarterbacks. So Rev Avi Fishov just joined a select group of speakers in our yeshiva of people who came here and made impact. And the impact is because he looked us in the face on Waterbury Chat. It's easy to tell one guy, send a message. He looked us in the face, face to face, at least in the social media new way of face to face. And he said, I made a mistake. I'm, I'm blown away by that. He joined the upper pantheon of people in our world who made an impact on us for standing up at... You had to say it? <laughs> do it, Dutch? Pantheon. Pantheon. <laughs> Could somebody, does it, does it have the option to use it for us in a sentence? It does. I want to hear it in a sentence. It occupies a place in the pantheon of great American writers. Could she so the pantheon of great American writers, the pantheon of quarterbacks. Here he joined the pantheon of speakers in Waterbury, Connecticut. A select, precious group who rose above the rest. That's that's a pantheon. You got the word of the day, Abby? This is real English. This is a serious place, Abby. Say the word. See, he joined the pantheon of great speakers in Waterbury history. The illustrious special group. That's a pantheon. Manny Kales, you have the word? You heard that word before, no? No? Okay, now you do. Charlie, you got the word? Okay. Mike, you got the word? Legends. In whatever we say legends, but here we're a place of classy English. So we say Pantheon. You got it? It's a show? Pantheon. Sure, you got the word Pantheon? What's a Pantheon? Select group of distinguished people like that. A select group of distinguished people is called a Pantheon. I want, I have to, we have to quickly, Ezra Shulman's father speaking next week, Monday, we have to like polish up on our English. Next week, we don't know what day, we don't know what day, one day next week. Ezra Shulman's father is going to speak one day next week at 4 o'clock. Yeah. I spoke to him. When we say what? Yeah, for sure you have to hold on to your svarah, but if you see you're wrong, you have to you have to have an opinion. The way we're saying you have to have an opinion. In order for that to be a real dynamic of learning, you have to have an opinion. You have to have a mindset, you have to have a perspective. It has to be. It has to be. Two chavrusa shafts, if one guy just yes, yes is the other, find a new chavrusa. You need a you need a live dynamic of two people entitled to a perspective. If you have the type of guys, yeah, fine, good works by me. Find a different guy. That doesn't work by me. Find a guy who, who, who has what... What if you agree? Well, 
You're allowed to agree. You're allowed to agree, but if he never has opinions on things, he doesn't know he's he's never been empowered to have an opinion. He doesn't know you're supposed to have an opinion. You so have a perspective. He has to learn. He has a perspective. He has to what? What do you hold about things? He has to. Who's he supposed to learn? What? Who's this guy? He has to get an opinion. He's not shy to the process of limitatayra. Is a man who has an opinion. Okay, that was the first thing I wanted to share with Eilam. There's a, there's an altar the altar of Slobodka. Rabbi said there's a safer the altar of Slobodka wrote no svarim. Curiously, he wrote no svarim. That's a source of discussion itself. Why did the altar write no svarim? His answer when asked why he didn't write my svarim, he said my talmidim are my svarim. What he meant by that is something profound. I don't want to talk about right now. But he said, my Talmidim are my Svarim, and he wrote no Svarim, the Altar of Slobodka. It's a big debate amongst the students. It's a big conversation amongst the students. Why the Altar not write anything? The written word is powerful. The written word's remarkably powerful and far-reaching. Why did the Altar not write Svarim? So that's the source of discussion. Thanks, Emilian Jashi. The one safer we have, Rabbi Say, what is the only safer we have written by his students of Divrei Torah from the altar of Slobodka? What's it called, guys? The only safer we have from the altar of Slobodka's Torah. What is it called? Arat Safan, good guy. Arat Safan, it's called. Arat Safan. Arat Safan means either the light from the north or the hidden light. But Arat Safwan is the only is the basic safer of the Altus Tyre. In Arat Safwan they have a word on Parshas Vayet say this past week's Parshas I need to share with you for its life altering Shali. This Lakovan Shali Ostreicher's here. I want to describe Shimmy, I want to describe you meet a Ben Tyra who's built in a gorgeous way, in, in like a in a way that's 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 gonna last, in a way that's authentic. If you want to understand how a person's built in an authentic way, you need to hear this word. This is how a person's built in a very authentic way, and it's said Lakovita Ben Tyra built and built who's quite built in an authentic way. So I wanna share this virtually with you. The Alt of Slobodkin Aratsafan asked the following Kasha. Yaakov Avinu sleeps and he has a gilu, he has a nevuah, the first nevuah possibly of his life. Vigda Miller says it was the first nevuah of his life. And he has a life, he has a nevuah, an unbelievable nevuah, In this nevuah, Maishala, he gets, Hashem tells him things that are relevant to the eternity of the Jewish people. He sees the latter, Malachim Oilim Yardim, by an unbelievable mara nevuah. This nevuah is life-altering. It's the first nevuah of his life. It's one of the greatest spiritual moments of his life. And upon waking up, he says something shocking, Eli. Eli, I want you to hear this. This is profound. So he wakes up, Yaakov Avinu. Vayira, and he's afraid. Vayoyim, and he says, Manoira hamokoim hazer. Whoa! This spot is awesome. He has the realization. What was that spot, Rabbi Say? It was the Beis Hamikdash, not just the Beis Hamikdash. It was the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kadashim. What is in the Kodesh Kadashim? 
the Arayin, Bris Hashem, at least in Bayis Rishon, in Bayis Sheni there was nothing in the Kodesh Kedoshim, there was just the rock, the Evan Shasir. But in Bayis Rishon, the Arayin, the letters Noira, the same letters as what? Noira, Makam Noira, how awesome, what are the letters Noira, Arayin? It was the Makam of the Arayin. He says, this is Naira, this is awesome. This spot is holy. Naira is the same Isis as Aaron. And he says, Whoa, Ain Zekim Baselikim. I'm where I am, Zez you point. Where I am, this is the base Amigdosh. The Zesh Shara Shamayim. And this specific spot is the gate to heaven, is the closest spot on earth to heaven. Could you imagine sleeping and you wake up and you find out my father once cut English and he went to learn as a youngster in the old day home across the street. There was a base madrash across the street from his yeshiva and my father cut English and went to learn there. He's learning in the old age home and a man rushes over to him and said, you're sitting in the Godel Adar's seat. He's been learning here for like 20, over 20 years and you're sitting in a seat. It's like a bush. I'm in his seat, the Godel Adar's seat. He was sitting in a big Godel seat. Yaklavinu sleeps and he wakes up. He bugs out. He says, I'm sleeping in the holiest place on the planet. Says Rashi, remarkably, comments Rashi. When it says he's sleeping in the holiest place, Rashi makes a fascinating comment. Says Rashi. Says Rashi, as soon as I find it. Oh, says Rashi. Vanoichi loyadati. I didn't realize. Yesh Hashem b'makom hazeh vanoichi loyadati. Hashem lives here and I didn't know. Says Rashi, she'im yadati. If I knew, lo yashanti b'makom kodesh kazeh. I would never have slept in such a holy place. Everybody listen. Ellie, listen. Ellie, I need everybody to focus here. Yaakov Avinu has a dream that's life-altering, Baruch. He has a nevuah. Forget a dream. He has a nevuah, Hilly. And when he wakes up, Yaakov Avinu says, Oh my goodness, this is the place of Shechina. If I would have known, I wouldn't have slept here. Shem yashanti I never would have slept here. What an odd reaction. You had unbelievable Ruchnius Thicker Madragas. Imagine a guy falls asleep in the middle of Sheer. Hillel Stewart falls asleep in the middle of Sheer. And all of a sudden he hears the voice. Hilly, Hilly. It's Hashem. I want to tell you, Renovi, now. You've been learning so well. You're growing. Mazel Tov. You just got Nevoa. We're going to have a conversa- running conversation now. And he wakes up. Yippee! Woo! Jumping around, jumping on the tables, fired up. He's a Navi. It would be a very awkward reaction to wake up and say, I can't believe I slept in the middle of Dan Kalish Hashir. <laughs> Who cares? You just was Zaycha to great Ruchnius Tikimadragas. Yaakov Avinu falls asleep in a place and he's unaware of the holiness of the place. He has his first Nevoah of his life and when he wakes up, 
He says, I didn't know it was a holy place. I wouldn't have slept. That's a reaction. So the Alta of Slobodka asks, what type of response that I wouldn't have slept here? You was a tremendous ruchnius. Says the altar of Slobodka, Derech Eretz Before you have Madregas of Ruchnius, you have to have Derech Eretz. Yaakov Avinu would forego great Madregas of Ruchnius not to have a breach and acting like a mensch. The steps of construction of a human being are first to be a mensch, then to be a, then to be a great man. First a man, then a great person. First a man, then a, then a, then a Torah, a man. I know a, a case, there's a Chiddush, I know a case of a kid who needed rehab. And there were two options. There was a rehab in LA that was kosher, but it wasn't top ranked. It's a good one. Fair, good place. But it was kosher food. There was one in Utah that had trefus, Rabbi say. To eat trefus affects you. Trefus damages the person in profound, deep, deep ways. To eat trefus is worse than eating poison, worse than dying. Messias Hashanah says that. Dying kills you. How long was a guy going to live here anyway for? Trefus con- con- corrupts and contaminates your soul forever. It impacts an oil boss 70 years, 100,000 years later. You're still different if you ate trefus. You avoid macholi sasunois with all your power. It's metamte malev. It affects the person profoundly. Macholi sasunois. And this place in Utah, macholi sasunois. But it's a much more top-ranked place to help him. So his parents went to one of the gedolim and said, which place should he go to? And the Godel said, go to Utah. Because first you have to make a human before you make a from human. You don't understand the Chiddush if you don't understand how dangerous and destructive Macholi Sasuris is. And still he was told, the parents were told, first build a person, then you'll have a from person. A person has to make a mensch out of himself. He makes a mensch, a person of dignity, a person of, of, of midas tevis. Then he is ready for madregas of being a tyrannic, a mensch. Derecher, it's first in a person. It's a person, a human being, with the dignity of a human being. Derecher, it's first a person. You could see a person who's constructed well, who's first and foremost derecher, and on top of that, you build Torah. On top of that, Ruchnistik and Madregas, that's a person constructed in a beautiful way, in a very serious way. He's constructed, he's built. That is Derecherets, is a person. On top of a person, on top of the dignity of a person, there's Torah, there's Madregas, that's a well-constructed person. Yaakov Avinu said on himself, that I would forego Ruchnistik Madregas if I had known, I wouldn't have slept here. What do you mean if you'd known? You got Madregas. I would give up the Madregas, not to have a breach in Derek Heretz. Yeah. yeah, he didn't know. The answer here is Vadi had the Derek Heretz. But he was teaching us. He's, he had the Derek Heretz. He didn't know. He's an Inus. He was saying, I want you to know, Yaakovina was talking to Kalish. Kalish, I want you to know something. I had big Madregas here. If it was a breach in Derek Heretz, if I had known about the breach in Derek Heretz, I wouldn't have slept here. You would say, go to sleep there. Look what happened. No, no, no. I want you to know that I would forego the Ruchniyastika accomplishments if it was a breach in Derek Heretz. Rabbi, that's beautiful.
Yeah, that's what the, he says in Arat Safan. That's what the author says in Arat Safan. So I wanted to share. I wanted to share that there are all different times in your life. You have chiyuvim of derech eretz. A certain a derech eretz chiyuvim. It has tremendous precedence and priority over other things because that's the derech eretz. That's the dignity. That's the the dignified thing for and has precedence over ruchni yisiget things. Derech eretz. It's a basic derech eretz here that has precedence. I'll give a mushal. I want to give a mushal. You have a big Talmud Chacham coming to speak in the yeshiva, let's say. You have a big Talmud Chacham, a visiting Rev. Reisman comes to speak. And you feel, I don't really follow Shiurim, and it would be better if I learned some Kedushin in the corner of the base Medrash, you're wrong. That's why I, just to give a practical application, Derech Eretz Kod Forego your Ruchniyistik accomplishments, Derech Eretz. A big yid is here, sit down and listen to his speech. I always was amazed in Waterbury. Over the years, we had different people come, Reb Revda. And people would miss the speech. It was a breach in their hearts. They made cheshbainis. I don't get some... Bum, bum, bum. It's nothing to do with that. There's a big tzad that comes to the city. You're sitting there. The Chavetz Chaim comes in. I can't concentrate. And people make all these meshugin and cheshbainis. It's felt such in their hearts. There's a their hearts and Adam Godel's there. You sit down and you just sit in front of him. He's the Adam Godel's there. But you have your cheshbainis and you have all your calculations in Ruchnius why 14 things are better. That's why, on that I would say, there's a big tzaddik here. You sit down and you listen to his speech. But I have such, you know, what a guy would be listening to a God will give a shear and he has a safer like hidden here. You're all from and you have so much Ruchnius, a breach in Derech Eretz. Listen to the speech. But I could do better. You make all these calculations. Derech Eretz, Kadmultar. Yaakov Avinu said he would forego Ruchnius, Nikah Madragas, not to have a breach in Derech Eretz. Yes, Baruch. When was the first time that MCA was mentioned? I have to look, I don't remember. Is it, is it possible that MHC was 12 or whatever, then when they formed into one, that's when it became the thing? Wow. Because if Yaakov Avinu was going to be on the... Could be, could be. It's a good theory. It's a good theory. I don't know. It's a very good theory. Rabbi Sai, point number three. So far we have admitting our sins, admitting the, the power and strength of an admitter. He who admits is worthy of leadership. He who can't admit can't lead his family, can't lead his shir, can't lead his community, has nothing to lead people if he's not powerful enough to admit. Lesson number two is the importance of Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz called Melutayda. I want to talk for a few minutes about if I ask no phones, Rabbi Say, the Elam knows the rules. No phones. I wasn't told. No, I wasn't. My bad. No, no, no. <laughs> no phones, Rabbi Say, and cheer. Remember the rules. No coats, no phones. Like this, Rabbi Say. I want to talk about Yosef Atzadik's name. Rachel Imenu as a child. She has one of the Shivtei Ka, one of the twelve Shvatim, a life's dream to be an aim, to be a mother, to have a child. You should all, when you're married, you should all be Zaycha to have beautiful families, to have children. 
the challenge of a lady who can't have a kid as opposed to a man who can't have a kid is nerve for a lady. A lady has a deep, deep sense that her entire mission is to produce children. A lady not being able to have children is an unbelievable tsar, an unbelievable pain for a lady. That's their sense of their, of, of their duty. I could, the only thing a man maybe can relate to, and you won't relate to it now, a man's essence is to take care of. A man who can't take care of his wife, financially or emotional, is a deep, deep tsar, is an unbelievable pain that he's not living up to manhood. That's, it's a, almost comparable. A man who can't support his family and a lady who can't have children might be somewhat similar. But the tsar for a lady who can't have kids, a lady's essence is the want to be an aim, to be a mother, to have a child that she protects, and they're built for it. You'll see one day when you're married and you have a kid, your wife is going to be light years ahead of you. Every husband I speak to who's, who's like a sensitive, intelligent person notices this. The wives have like intuition. A mother is a mother well before a father is a father. It could be because they carried the baby for nine months. They also literally, they'll hear things. They'll hear the baby crying. You didn't hear it. They'll sense things. Your fa- the father's playing catch up. The mother's like a mother and you're trying to be a father, trying to like connect and understand. And a mother has deep intuitions to a kid. To, for always, I always tell guys who date, guys are getting close age of dating, I always tell guys to listen to your mama. Mothers have intuitions on their kids. I don't care the guy's the biggest flip out from me and he feels his mother's more modern. His best eights in Shaduchim I find time and time again as a mother. I, tend, I tell guys to listen to a mother's intuition on Shaduchim. I put my money where my mouth is. When I was dating, I asked my mother that I'll date. How do I know I'll get the right girl? You choose me a wife. Before I date a girl, my mother has to meet her. I was makbed. I wanted my mother to meet a girl before I date her. You tell me she's my wife, then I'll go out. And then I'll see you tell me you pick my wife. That's what I was makbed. My mother did that for me. But that's, that's, to me, a mother has an intuition on a kid. Tremendous intuition on a kid. That, that's, that's a mother. A mother sends the child. So a mother to have a kid is like unbelievable. Rachli menu. Rachli menu. To have... To have a child, to have one of the shivtekah, the future of the Jewish people, the continuation of the base of us, we can't fathom the depth of emotion and the feelings and the gratitude to Hashem. And she names this precious child Yosef. Now here, Rabbi, I don't mind doing things balpeh. I want you to put your holy eyes on the holy words of Rashi. Everybody's going to get a Elia, Elia, I need Sure, I want to give you yours. Who's that? Yes, it's Shalom. I want it. I want it. Check it out. Chavrev, everybody, Maishala, put your precious eyes on these words, Rashi. It's on page... It's on page 86, guys. Page 86, Pasach Gimel. 
86 Pasach of Gimel. I want your good eyes to be on these holy words. Page 86, Pasach of Gimel. Kalman, page 86, Pasach of Gimel. There can be nobody whose eyes are not... I want your eyes purified and then keep them pure. Page 86, Pasach of Gimel. Everybody's eyes resting on the words of Hashem. Shua, I want you to see it. Shloimala, but a gay. See, 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 see. Yeah. You see, Shloimi, you see the Rashi? Vatar, she conceived Rachlimenu. Vatayled Bain, and she gives birth to a son after many, many years, painful years, as Nakara, as a lady who can't have children. She has a son. Vatayimer, and what does she say? Everybody look at the Rashi, the, the Pasuk. Asaf Elohim is her pussy. Hashem has removed. Asaf means to gather up. Yosef means Hashem gathered up. Asaf Hashem is her pussy. Hashem has removed, has gathered up my disgrace. What is she took? What disgrace did Hashem take off? She said, Thank you, Hashem. My disgrace is removed. <laughs> Says Rashi. This is going to blow your mind. Be forewarned. Says Rashi, Cherpasi. Look at the Rashi, Cherpasi. Pasach of Gimel, you have to put your eyes on this. Shems, put your eyes on the Rashi, Cherpasi. Pasach of Gimel. Shayisi lecherpa. I used to be disgraced. Shani akara, because I couldn't have children. Vayu oimim alai. They used to say on me, She'ela lechelka shal Esav Russia. I am going to end up being married to Esav. Yaakov Avinu is going to divorce me, because we can't have kids together. Rashi's first pshat. Umedrash Agada, and this is what I want to focus on, Rashi's second pshat, Maishla. Umedrash Agada, says Rashi, Umedrash, calls man she'en le'isha ben. Calls man a lady has no son. E'en le'bimi litle's t'sirchuna. She has nobody to hang her disgrace on. Mishigesh ben, once she has a son, toile boy, she hangs things on him. What does that mean? Mishavar klizeh. Who broke this utensil? Why do you have broken things in your house? Bincha, your son. Mi'achal te'enim elu. Who ate all this stuff? Bincha, your son. He could be blamed. Kishmak. I now have a son. If there's a mess in the home, the kid. There's food eating, the kid. He can be blamed. First of all, you're talking about one of the holiest people who ever stepped foot on this planet. She's a liar. She'll blame her kid, is it true or not? So that, you have to read rashly, subtly. It doesn't say, she'll say it was my son. They'll say, Bencha, your son. Dahainu, it doesn't mean she's going to lie. Shimmy, it means if people walk in the house and they see a mess, they say, oh yeah, the kid's here. If, if, the peop, if, the, if she has no kids, there's a mess, so it's got to be you. People will say, your kid. It doesn't mean she's going to say it's my kid. It means people will say, Bencha, oh, it's your son. So anything that goes on, there are crumbs, there's foodie, it's probably the kid. It's your kid. You know, you know the family. I love animals. I, yesterday, there's, there's right now in the IMAX, somebody told me in the IMAX, the movie theater at, um, 
at the Norwalk Aquarium, there's a big show on beavers. I love animals. I want to see it badly. Beavers are very fascinating animals. They build it. I want to see it. So yesterday, I tell my wife, let's bring the kids to see the IMAX. My wife knows me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring the kids. It's the famous way of getting to some place. Let's bring the kids. I'm sure the kids need to do something this Sunday. I didn't get to bring them yesterday. Maybe, maybe I'll take you because you need a trip, Betty. Maybe I'll go with somebody here. The Arms Norwalk place on Sundays, a one o'clock showing and a four o'clock showing. I don't know a week back to find out. And IMAX beavers, all about beavers, and I, I'd rather want to see it. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, so here she has somebody to be toiling on. If, if there's mess in the house, it's the kids. Rabbi say, one of the greatest human beings to ever live, Avi Ax. This is what she's thinking about. Asav Hashem is you remove my disgrace. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. I say thank you, Hashem, for kids. If I want to watch the show on Beavers, I can bring, I can say my kids need a day out. Excellent. That's what she's thinking about, this great lady. That if she now goes, like, not an embarrassment. Imagine I'd be alone and somebody would walk in and Kalish is sitting in the IMAX watching the show on Beavers. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? I'm with my kids, Pash, and I look like a, such a good father, wonderful. You're there yourself. It doesn't look good. So that's what she's thinking about, my Shula. If my house is messy, you remove my disgrace, Hashem. Thank you so much. Because now if a dish is broken, I don't look so bad. That's what Rachel Emanu is thinking about. Rachel Emanu. On her merit, we survived today. Rachel Mavak al The great Rachel Emanu. The selfless one. The one who gives up her husband to eternity that her sister shouldn't be embarrassed. And this is what she's thinking about when she has a child. Shem, you really did well for me now. If there's a broken dish, I can blame it on him now. Not, not July. But people will say it's my kid. I feel my disgrace is removed. There's nothing that can happen in my home that I look bad on. I remember I was, I was in Lakewood for Shabbos in a shul. And the Rav read a letter to the Tzibur. He was telling the Tzibur to be more careful. And he read this hate letter, how terrible the front people look. You guys are eyesores and a disgrace. The amount of toys strewn. Whenever you want to say, like, you use negative words to say negative things. They said the, the toys that are strewn. I don't know how to say they were strewn all over the lawn. Instead of saying they're toys on the lawn, strewn sounds like thrown haphazardly all over the lawn. And how disgusting it is that you have messes all over your lawns. You fool. We're people who have children. You guys have a dog and a cat and don't have, human, don't have a wife or children. We're givers. We have to ask Mechila that we have children. We have large families. That we're givers and we care to have children, not a pet and a, two pets. And a, and a, we're human beings that we, we like. We have wives. We have children. Instead of saying how beautiful, and I see a family, I'm not saying you shouldn't clean up the toys in front of your house, make it look as nice as you can. When I see a mishpacha, that the house is geschmack, the kids that live there, ashreichim, that you have children, that you're people who know the value of human beings, that you raise kids. So here, Rachli menu zoichet to a child, and certainly now if there's, if there's some stuff in front of her house, it's excusable, she has kids. Nobody could say, it's disgusting what you do. Yeah, I have children, what do you want from me? My lawn's a little messy, I have kids. 
Sure, that's what she's thinking about, this great lady. Does that bother you? This is what she's thanking Hashem for? Don't miss that, don't miss that. That's what she's thanking Hashem for? Maishla, you bothered by the Kasha? It's the greatest people who ever lived. What? It means something deeper. It could be right. could be right. I'm sure there's deeper pshat than said here. Reb Chaim Shmuelovitz, the great Mir Rosh Hashiva said pshat, that Akar Satoy, great people notice every detail, Shemi. Rachli Menu said, of course, she was thankful for many things to have a child, to have a shifteikah. But she said, this also was not lost on me. In all her things she thanked, it means she this wasn't lost on her either. Hakarasatayv is to notice details. You would think the great human being, this thing, this wasn't lost, it means till until this point. She named him Yosef. She said, you remove my disgrace. I want to thank you. And she thanked Hashem for tons of things. Even for this, for this as well. Rashi quotes Pshat and Drash. Rashi quotes Pshat and Drash. Rashi's Pshat, he says, I used to be an Akara, disgrace, my essence of my life is not fulfilled. That's, that's to thank for. Thank you, Hashem, for allowing me to fulfill my tafkid, the point of which I'm born for. That's to thank for. Then, Medrash Agada, the Drash, is thank you, Hashem, if a dish is broken, I don't look bad. The Pshat is the Drash, means ha- the inside of the person, the Drash. Of course, she thanked Hashem for the obvious great things that a holy lady would appreciate. But it means down to this detail wasn't lost on her either. True Akar Satoiv is to notice every detail. Not even deep down, she expressed it. She said, you've removed my disgrace. You think the holy person like doesn't notice? They notice Akar Satoiv is to notice every detail. Reb Miller used to yell at yeshiva guys if they didn't know how many teeth they have. He said, how do you thank Hashem for every single tooth? He would thank Hashem for every tooth. We said, okay, I have life, I have life. Eh? They thank for every tooth. For all his teeth, he thanked Hashem. Thank you for my teeth. You chew up, food goes down, gishmak, thank Hashem for teeth. Teeth are a big thing. For close to two years, I have I have two cracks in my teeth that I'm in the middle of dealing with that I have to take the time. And I can't eat hard things. I feel like an old man. I'm young in every way, so I can't eat hard things. See, I eat soft things. I have to have soft things. Teeth are precious. You can break up, eat a schmack of stuff, chew it up. Teeth are precious. Who thanks Hashem for teeth? We're too busy with big things. Notice details. A guy hurts his finger, he's fetching about a pinky. You ever thanked Hashem for your fingers? Fingers are a schmack. Could do a lot. You say a swear with them, you yell at somebody with them, you curse somebody out, no, don't do that. For your fingers, a lot of purpose for fingers. Fingers have big uses. Thank Hashem for your fingers. I just wanted to say something bad, so tomorrow's word break chat, I can apologize.
Fingers, precious fingers. Rabbi say, thank Hashem, notice details. Thank your parents, notice details. Mom, don't just say thank you for the meal. Did you notice details of what she did? You notice how she spiced, she made that dish just the way you like it. Notice details. Thank you for the meal. Don't say thank you for the meal. Say thank you, Ma, the potato cold. Made exactly, I like it. You really, you should go through every detail, but your mother won't, it just won't be cool, it'll be annoying. At least point out one specific detail. Think all the details here. To her, say, Ma, whoa, you made the pastrami, you added that sauce the way I like it. Notice details. People who are not good thankers, thank general. Good thankers, it's not lost, little subtle details. Rachli Menu as a child, it's her greatness that she notices the most mundane detail. It wasn't lost on her. You would think in all the euphoria of having a child, it's okay, I break it, I thought about that too. Instead, you know, a lot of questions. I'll tell you how Musser questions work, Shimmy. This is how a lot of times Musser questions work. But there's, but there's a depth there. Musser questions work. Ah! Uh-huh. Could it be? Yeah, it is. That's how Musser questions work often. What could it be? Ah! Uh-huh. To sum up today's third one. To sum up today's third is. Ah! Uh-huh. But I want to explain what happened. We started with Akasha. Rachli Menu thanked for this. And the answer is great people thank for this. The answer is that the greatest people notice subtlety. It's not lost on them. She's not too holy or too big or too much worried about big things. She noticed that too. True Akarsa Taiv notices details, Shlema. To our parents, notice details. Be in sync, be in touch with things, with things that went on. I've had guys come for interviews. The first thing I, I try to feel out is the kid appreciative that his dad drove him to the interview. People are busy. I always try to find out with the kid. See, father drove you? I see he says, you know, if he says that he doesn't care, I know the kid has much more work. It's not a makir type. In the yeshiva, till you're a makir type, you're hopeless. You have no chance to be great. If you're not an appreciative person, you're a small pickle. Of course, I told you, your mother drove you here. Do you realize if he might need a year or two first to appreciate? After two years, he has right Shapiro, right? We're thinking, till he's an appreciative person, he's, he's a mace. He's not alive. It's a dead man. I always try to, it's one of the things I try to feel out. A kid comes on interview. I'll always ask him, your mother, I try to like get a feel. Is it like a chiddush? Your mother took off work. People are busy. Somebody drove just for you. She's coming to the school. You're coming to school. Somebody drove you here. Are you awake? Are you awake? Your parents pay for school. It's cheap. Money's just free. They're such trillionaires. The richest people care more about money. The richer you are, the more impressed that your parents pay for tuition. And it comes to you, it's fine, no problem. Be maketoy, but don't do anything else. They pay for your school and be maketoy. So first, akor satoy, for the big stuff. Then you get to noticing details. You notice uh, your father drove you here. If you're not like shaken up like a maze, you don't know what to do for that. He drove me, I, I don't know what to do myself. If you're not shaker and just going crazy from it, okay, so you have to be at two years. If you're here for a couple of years, you're ready for this. 
If you're already a makir taiv, you're appreciative. Somebody drove me here. Now it's time to notice some details, to notice some little fine details, some subtleties, not just the big stuff, the subtleties. Here, Rachli Menu as a child, thank you, Hashem, a child. You removed my disgrace. You gave me my mission in life. I have an, I'm an AMB throw. What, what is it? You know what it means, the tsar of a lady who can't have a child? You know what it means when you feel your essence, your very tafkid, your purpose of life can't be filled? You know what it means, a husband who can't support his family? You don't understand life and tafkidim. There are guys here who don't understand their dads. You don't, you can't fathom the deep pain of a person who can't support his family. You first have to know we're born to take care of our mishpacha. We're created to take care of our family. To do for the zulas is our purpose of existence. If Hashem gave a man in a soyin that parnasa shver, it's not just the tsar of, okay, we don't have so much money, that's a tsar. It's much more profound, like times a million, a, a sense of my very purpose of existence I can't meet. The, the tsar is like, overwhelming of my purpose of what I'm here for I can't do to provide to care for when a man doesn't have the capacity to do that is an unbelievable tsar whether it's financially or emotionally can't care for his mishpacha what a tsar a lady can't have a child tsar noira my tafkid my purpose of life rachli menu as a child she says you remove my disgrace the feeling of a woman that my whole essence, my purpose, I can fulfill. What a disgraceful feeling. You remove that disgrace. That's, that's worthy of appreciation. But then she's much more profound levels of Akar Satoyev. Midrashai, she said, Hashem, it's not lost on me. If a dish breaks, I don't get embarrassed. I get to, my, it gets blamed on my son. I notice that too, Hashem. It's not lost on me, subtleties. That's a Makar Notice details, Rabbi. Say, appreciate subtleties. Besides the obvious and the blatant that you're appreciative to, why don't you notice subtle details? The little things. Why don't you notice that? My cousin was walking behind you, Shlomo Zalman Orbach and Avshom Shvadron, two giants. And they were walking together in Shari Chesed out of Shul. And it was a hot day and a little wind blew. And they each turned to each other and they said, Hashem did that for you. No, He did it for you. They were both appreciative of the kindness of Hashem of a little breeze. Don't fail to notice details. That's all learned in my Rav Isaac. 12 o'clock.